P-S-N-Y. We're back, Fantasy Sports Playbook, Sabo, Dotto, Week 3, Upcoming, and Injuries are the biggest story. What do you got, Lawrence? Man, this was a tough week for injuries, especially at quarterback, which is probably the deepest position, but when you have two of the top 12 guys go out, and then you have guys like Cam Newton, who don't know if they're going to play, and it just made it for a tough week. I mean, I don't have Breeze or Roethlisberger in any of my leagues, because they're more of home plays and you stay away from them in away game so i don't really tend to draft them but this was a tough week for injuries i I just said it last week i think it might have been on the podcast when deciding between a michael thomas or deandre hopkins i said i don't have michael thomas because deshaun was always hurt and then boom breeze gets hurt it's amazing i think he's missed one start his whole career and now he's out for uh four to six weeks i think is the uh prognosis yeah, and they're saying it's going to be more on the six-week side. It might be later, too, because if they start tanking, you know, they're not doing well. They're not going to rush that guy back. Yep, and then we got Eli out. Uh, Darnold is back in the Jets facility. I saw him yesterday, up close and personally. He looks good, but the problem is we don't know when his spleen uh, will be good enough to play. It's tough to gauge the spleen, I guess. I don't have any spleen experience myself. But I guess it's tough. Um, yeah, yeah, my uh, my fiance is a nurse, and I asked her, I'm like, why is this guy so long? Why is he out so long for mono? What, he just make out with a couple of New York chicks? And she was like, not only does it make you tired, but you can literally die from mono. It messes up your spleen awfully if you don't take the right steps and everything. I didn't realize it was like literally a deadly disease. Yeah, I didn't know either. I, I probably still don't know, even though people are <laughs> telling me. But he looks good. They cleared him enough to be at the facility to watch film, to be with the team. He told us week five. That is the target date against Philly to smack up those Eagles. Oh, uh, yeah. Down in Lincoln Financial. I'll be there for that one, actually, which will be fun. Oh, I am jealous of you of that one. Yeah, the New England game this weekend, I bypassed. I'm going to send Jeff down for that one. Up for that one, I should say. I think I made the right call there. But, oh, absolutely. Um, that's gonna be that's gonna be an ugly game. Yeah, but you know, Jamison Crowder news, Robbie Anderson news, Le'Veon Bell, and yeah, it does affect Le'Veon Bell. I mean, the, the main issue is the Jets O line. Jets O line is hideous, and this is what I warn people against Le'Veon Bell. I have him in one of my three leagues, but Darnold, if I was a betting man, I think he'd be back after the bye in Week Five. But that's the story: Darnold, Breeze, Roethlisberger. Uh, who else went down? Jacksonville's working on Minshew still, which jury is still out. Um, am I missing anybody? That's all I'm really seeing right now. And now the hard part is a lot of these fantasy owners are looking for guys to kind of add. And for the article I wrote for Elite this week, I kind of did like a late second waiver wire type pickup because a lot of the obvious guys were not really available for Elite. The guy I loved was Josh Allen. I mean, his ownership jumped up i think 46 percent on espn so a lot of people i'm hoping those 46 percent were all from elite sports readers and his he was a guy that i was looking to add I, again i don't have roethlisberger breeze in any leagues but 
Allen's a guy I would look to add in season long. Matt Stafford's another guy I would add. And man, do you know who's leading the league in passing yards so far this year? It's not Mahomes. It's Andy Dalton. Yeah, it's that's I heard that. Unbelievable. And it's just because you want quarterbacks on teams. Mahomes obviously is a stud, but Kansas City's defense is awful, so he's gonna be throwing the ball a lot. And I'm not saying Andy Dalton's Patrick Mahomes, but they can't run the ball, even with Joe Mixon. That offensive line is so bad. So he's going to have to throw a lot. And he's leading the league in passing without his target, A.J. Green, who's going to be coming back in probably about three weeks. So if Andy Dalton's available in your league, I would look to add him now if you need any kind of QB help. Yeah, two things there. Since he's O-line coach, Frank Polak went to the Jets this offseason. It, it looks like it has hurt the Bengals' O-line, but it hasn't helped the Jets much either. <laughs> um, the other thing is... Same situation with Tampa last year, right? With Fitzpatrick yeah. and Winston. Yep. Um, yep. The passing, the defense was bad. Now the defense is suddenly good. Todd Bowles is a good defensive coordinator, even though you know, his head coach uh, talent could be argued left and right. But <laughs> it's the same situation in Tampa, right? Oh, absolutely. That's exactly what it's like. I loved you know, Fitzmagic at the beginning of last year and even Jameis towards the second and a half last year. He was a legitimate fantasy quarterback. You just want guys that are going to get on the field and throw the ball. And again, that's why I love Kyler Murray. He hasn't really been amazing, but he threw for over 300 passing yards last week. And that's just because at Arizona defense and an offense that's going to run a lot of plays, they don't have to be good real-life quarterbacks. They just got to be good fantasy quarterbacks. And a lot of these guys fall under that category. Yeah, I'm still fighting you on Murray and David Johnson. We'll we'll see how that shakes out. But, I mean, so far, so good fantasy-wise. Um, where is Kyler? Is he a QB1? Where does his point stand? Do you know off the top of he's your head? Thir- he's averaging 20 fantasy points, and he's number 13. But he's, like, within, like, 0. .4 points of being a top eight quarterback when you get in that like eight to 13 range or points are so close i mean he's had he's won against detroit who's not a great defense but not a bad defense and then you had baltimore who's a pretty solid defense and he's for 349 yards he had no touchdowns but he still gave you 16 fantasy points he's a guy that has a great upcoming schedule if you can somehow if you need a quarterback with huge upside he's got carolina who's and eh. he's got seattle who's number one cornerback has one hand Great story, but when your number one cornerback has one hand, I kind of like to attack that. And then he's got Cincinnati. Those are three games where he's he's going to finish in the top eight in fantasy scoring. I'm calling it right now. Kyler Murray is going to go nuts these next three weeks. And when he does, rate him because the schedule doesn't get any better than that for him. Sort the top waiver wire pick out, pickups out for so, us. Uh, Raheem Mostert, real or no? I'm saying no on that one, man. I still think Matt Breda is the guy who is the one you want to own in that backfield. Matt Breda had 12 rushes for 121 yards for a smooth 10 yards per carry. I think I just think Cincinnati's pass defense is that bad where they both went off for a combined 38 fantasy points last week. And the reason why he had more points than Breda was because he scored a touchdown and Breda didn't. So I'm not really buying into it now. Pittsburgh's had a solid run defense. I'm still not buying San Francisco, so I would avoid him at well, almost all costs. I'm buying San Francisco in real life. I picked him to win 10 games, and Kyle Shanahan as the coach of the year. Okay. So fantasy, though, running back, I agree with you. Um, the reason being, I think Mostard has a lot of talent. At 27, I don't know how he slipped through. He's quick. He has a lot of talent. But 
evidenced at by the third running back they use. They juggle running back so yeah. crazy that I don't think Mostert could be viewed as as a real, real pickup that no. could anchor your team. Not at all. And they even use the fullback. So they have four guys that are going to touch the ball. And I still, I'm still, i still not buying into the Jimmy G hype. And I would not be surprised if they let him go this year because they have it in his contract where they paid him that huge amount of money. But it was all in the first two years is guaranteed. And anything after this is not guaranteed or a very small portion of it is. So I'm not buying San Francisco, like you said, because of the multiple backs. There is a running back on the free agent wire that's about 60% available. And again, I wrote him in the article, Frank Gore is going to get a monster workload this week because of the injury to Devin Singletary. Did you see that trade? Actually, it was in my other league, so you didn't see it. <sighs> One guy acquired Gore. He, he Gore and Prescott, and he gave up okay. A.J. Green and David Johnson. What? What? T- tough one, right? I mean, I understand the immediate impact of Frank Gore because I do think for the next – I think this season, he's Buffalo wants to run the ball. He's old enough where he probably can't see that well anymore, but the dude just gets the ball, runs straight up the middle, and that's what Buffalo's going to do. I love him this week in daily purposes. Frank Gore might be my lock and load if Devin Singletary misses any time against Cincinnati. See, I'm not a David Johnson fan, but, yeah, that trade is that trade's rough on the eyes based on David oh. Johnson and A.J. Green, the names. The only thing that could save it is if Dak Prescott is truly the real deal and a top three fantasy quarterback. That's it. Yeah, I'm still not buying that either. And, you know, running back, this is why we always tell people to load up on running backs and drafts. Because if you have a guy that's hurt or when, like, their quarterback gets hurt with James Conner and Drew Brees, Alvin Kamara's uh, production is going to go way down. Because... We saw it last week when Drew Brees isn't in there. That all offense looks completely different. Yeah, no, these coaches don't realize how lucky they have it with these guys like Peyton and Belichick. They, I would love to see them coach a regular talented team. Like they just, they don't know how lucky they have it. They don't. No, they really don't, and it makes such a big difference when you have a quarterback that even like Dak Prescott. I don't think he's great. I think if they pay him any more than fourteen dollars per year. Be regretting regarding that, but I mean, you got. I mean, you, free agency for fantasy is a little bit different because you can kind of pick and choose the weeks. And this week, there's some guys like Nelson Aguilar. If Deshaun Jackson's already out, Alshon Jeffries didn't practice again Thursday, so that's kind of leaning towards he's not going to play. But if he does, it's going to be very limited. So Nelson Aguilar is a guy I like for Frank Gore in season long and DFS that you need to add this week. Are you worried about McCaffrey as a top three production back with Newton out? Yeah, even without Newton out, to be honest. You know, I think this week, no, because again, my Arizona Cardinals, which I'm going to start calling them my, I might be the only person in the world, but I'm going to take them in as my stepchild. They are going to run so many plays, and I'm going to say this every single week. It doesn't matter who is going against them. I want them especially someone like Christian McCaffrey. They even said heading into the Thursday night game that they were going to limit his touches. He went from 28 to about 16. He's got 10 days off. This this game is going to be fast-paced. Even if Cam Newton misses it, I'm still not worried about Christian McCaffrey because they're just going to line him up in the slot, and he's just going to catch a bunch of balls out of the slot then. Okay, other waiver pickups. He's, going to be, I, he's my number one guy. If I had to pick anybody to be the highest-scoring player of the week, Christian McCaffrey would probably be my pick this week. Other uh, big pickups, how about Demarcus Robinson and Nicole Hardman over in Kansas City? 
I like both of them. Demarcus Robinson showed last week that he can handle that workload. I don't know how long he can. He had seven catches for about 121 yards and two scores. Now, the other one, um, I, I cannot remember this guy's name to save my life. Hardman? Is his, yeah, Hardman. Yeah. He had a touchdown. He could have even had a bigger day. But what happened was Mahomes obviously went bonkers in that second quarter. LaShawn McCoy had a holding call that that called back a 65-yard touchdown. So if I had to choose out of both of these, it'd probably be Hardman. He's he's even lower owned than Robinson, which I'm a little surprised to see that Hardman or Robinson's available in 40%, and Hardman's available in about 55, 54%. So I love both of them. I want any part of that Kansas City passing attack I can get. It's weird. I don't want any part of the running backs, but I want every part of the passing game. See, I'm still sitting on Darwin Thompson in all three leagues. McCoy injured, and Damian Williams nicked up. He would that would be amazing if those two missed a game, and then he's gonna go. I love him too. I'm on the same bit with you. I love him this week, especially if those two can get hurt. And if he goes bonkers this week, if those two miss time, he's gonna be the starting running back. They're not gonna give the ball back to Damian Williams, who's kind of been like a plug play his career. So I would love that if he went bonkers this week. Yeah, and right now it's all passing with all those guys still playing in the backfield. Um. Daily fantasy. What are the top? What are we looking at this week? What are the top bargains? So some of the top bargains. I'm I've been going towards GPP lineups, which have a little bit more risk involved, but they've been kind of paying off. So I've been killing my picks on Elite the last couple of weeks. I've been just picking the right guys again. I've been like one guy off from taking down a couple of GPPs. So one guy I like this week who's going to go probably very low owned. He might. I feel dirty for saying this is is Mason Rudolph. Um, forty eight hundred on DraftKings. If you pay anything less than five thousand for a quarterback on DraftKings, you need to enter him. If he only gets thirteen fantasy points, he's paying off his price. Yeah, no, that's an incredible price. Um, I don't think he's good. Don't get me wrong. I don't think he's good, and I think he's going to be struggling in the long run. But San Francisco, I'm not buying the defense. I know it's at San Francisco, but again. He's got 12 fantasy points in about two and a half quarters against Seattle, who doesn't have a good secondary. And I think San Francisco's in the same boat. All he's got to do is get you fit. If he gets you 15 fantasy points, which is about 225 passing yards, maybe 250 in a touchdown, that's all he needs. And then he's going to hit value. And then you can pay up for some of these other studs. And I a mean, GPP, I like him. A lot of guy, a lot of Italian evaluators like this kid coming out of college a lot. And then he gets drafted, and then everyone kind of forgot about him because he's behind Ben. I guess the question is, Connor's playing, right? Connor's good to go Sunday? He's probable now, so they just okay. upgraded him to probable, which is going to help him because anytime you get a good running back, it's always going to help a quarterback. Uh, the question is the O-line. The pit has always had a great O-line. Has it gotten a little older? Is there Are there some cracks in there? I think that's the question. I, but I think if the O-line is still strong, Rudolph can do some damage. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and people forget that him and James Washington played college football together their number two receiver. And mm-hmm. over the last couple of years, this year he played limited time with James Washington in the preseason. And I believe a little bit last year too, when Washington was a rookie, they connected for 32, I think the number is 32 receptions over 400 yards and four touchdowns. I know it's the preseason, but this is his first game and he's going to look at somebody he's comfortable with. And I think J- I think James Washington is worth an ad in a lot of leagues now because of this. Are you buying a shootout in Kansas 
City oh. versus Baltimore, and are you buying Lamar for a third straight week? Yeah, I love Lamar. I have him in our league, and I've absolutely loved him. I haven't played him because Wentz had some good matchups, which is kind of stupid. But Lamar Jackson, I want a lot of – I don't think Baltimore's defense is as good as it was last year. They lost a lot off that defense. And I think Mahomes and Jackson are going to be extremely popular on DraftKings this weekend of their ownership. So I'm going to stay away from them for the most part. I'm going to have both of them in a lineup or two. But when the, these guys are so highly owned, if they go off, you're not going to be winning any money. Unless they both score 45 points, which I don't think is going to happen. Another quarterback, Tom Brady. I think he's 7,800 in FanDuel. I think it puts him in the seventh ranking against the Jets. Listen, the Jets cover. They made some changes. They benched Jermaine Johnson. The coverage is a lot better last week against the Browns, but they can't get to the quarterback. Brady is going to torch him, and Belichick hates the Jets. So buy on the Pats all the way around if the value's there. Oh, 100%. And they've won their last two games a combined 76-3, to which you see that and you're like, oh, wow, Tom Brady probably only had like 18, 16 fantasy points because he probably didn't let him throw. He scored 25 and 29 fantasy points in those games. Like you said, Belichick just hates NFC East, AFC East teams. And I think it's going to be continue again. And I think he's going to go low on because of that because people aren't going to play Tom Brady because it's going to be a blowout, I'm sorry, which I'm sure you already know. So I agree. I think Tom Brady's going to have a great week this week. And Belichick is the fantasy owner's best friend. Uh, we play 60 minutes, he says, when, he th- when he's throwing the ball up five scores of two minutes left to James White. It doesn't matter. He'll rub the points up. He'll rub it in. That, that's a fantasy owner's best friend. Oh, 100%. And you want that mentality when you get out there because if you're going to pick a game that's going to get out of hand, you hope that they keep the guy in and Brady's going to stay in the game no matter what the score is. All right. What else do you got? Running back. Are you looking at Zeke? I mean, the matchups are there, right? For Zeke, McCaffrey. Um, oh, all three Eckler. guys are there. This is a – see, now everyone I think is going to lean towards the Elliott, the McCaffrey, the Barkley. I like Dalvin Cook for 7,800 going against Oakland. Dalvin Cook, your boy, has been going bonkers. He's averaging 30 fantasy points in DraftKings scoring. And he's going against Oakland, who – they're listed as a top five defense against a run, but they won against Denver in week one, who is a, you know, not a good offense. They don't really, they pass a lot to the running backs. They don't really run the ball. And then Kansas City is kind of in the same boat. Their quarterback is just passing for a ton of yards. And I love Dalvin Cook this week. And I think he's going to go low on compared to those other guys at the top. Yeah. And when, when, like Lawrence was just doing, when you're looking at defenses, don't take just a two-week sample. When you're no. in week three, don't take a two-week sample. Think about what kind of team they are. Are they up-tempo like Arizona? Um, look at last year. Look at the personnel. You can't just take two weeks unless you're the Dolphins or the Cardinals hmm. because you know who they are. So when doing when doing that, don't look at the rankings and just um, use that information. you got to dig deeper. Um, any other values at running back that you see? If Marlon Mack plays, he didn't practice Thursday, which is really not looking very good. I love Naheem Hines. Um, Atlanta, over the last two seasons, has given up the most receptions of running backs, and it's not even close. And that's what Hines does best. He just catches the ball. And I'm expecting this game to be a little bit of a shootout this week. So, you know, if you're feeling a little frisky, you can get Hines out there. Again, I mentioned Frank Gore. I love Frank Gore this week. It's Singletary misses the game, which it's kind of leading like it is. 
Mark Ingram's got some good upside against that awful Kansas City defense. And some other names that I really like. Devontae Freeman scares me a little bit, but he's got a nice matchup in Indy. I tend to like to pay down for one running back, but I think this week I'm leaning towards Frank Gore. How about, um, and Mac is always hurt too. I mean, geez, I own him in one league. I tried to trade him for carry on after week one, hoping uh-huh. to sell high and the guy flat out rejected me. Um, how about Miles Sanders? He's, he's lower on the list. It feels like this, this week. He's only 3,900 going against Detroit and they gave him the ball 10 times rushing and he had 13 receptions. So watching the game last week, they were definitely trying to get him more involved. The problem is, over since the beginning of last season, the Eagles are the lowest. They have the lowest amount of points in the first quarter, which means they're going to have to play catch-up mode a lot, and so they're going to be throwing the ball a lot. If they can just somehow figure out how to put points up in the first quarter against an average Detroit team, I think Miles Sanders is going to go bonkers. They need to get Frank back from Indy and just he wants so he can start calling the plays again because it's been awful ever since he's left yeah and miles sanders he might be a buy low candidate because they i'm surprised at how much how many snaps he's getting i thought it would be more mixed but he's he's seen seemingly leading the charge yeah he's the head guy he's the guy they want out there i mean they only gave the ball nine times to howard i think sproles only touched the ball three to maybe six times last game i mean they're to get him involved and rightfully so he's the best running back on that team and if they can it's all about game script with him if they can get an early lead if he can get you know some momentum going he can touch the ball 20 times and i'm hoping philly can finally score some points because it's been so frustrating watching them the first the first quarter every single game for the last season has been awful how about receiver uh hollywood brown looks pretty good to me Yo, Hollywood Brown is going to be on one of my plays this week. He's had some pretty good games. He would see he's he's gotten targeted 18 times, so he's averaging nine targets a game. He had eight receptions, 86 yards last game on 13 targets. That's what you want. You want volume, and the guy's getting volume. And again, with Tyreek Hill, or I mean, Kansas City coming into town, Baltimore's going to be throwing the ball a lot more because they're not going to shut down this Kansas City offense, and Brown's going to be the guy that's going to be leading the charge with Lamar Jackson. Other receivers that stand out, what do you got off the top of your head? So some other guys I like. Watching Philly, they have two glaring weaknesses, getting off the fast starts and that secondary. If I was Philadelphia, I'm going to go put on my little GM hat here. They need to call Jacksonville about 25 minutes ago, and they need to get Jalen Ramsey on that team. They are so bad in this secondary. They knew, I knew, the people in the crowd knew that on that third and three, they were throwing the ball to Julio Jones. Did they stop him? No, he just ran the ball for 75 yards and scored. They cannot stop anybody. That was a great, that was a tremendous play. That was blocked so very well. The left tackle, Matthews, bumped out, crushed the slot corner. It was just a great play because they knew Schwartz was going to blitz. Um, yep. But I'll say this one thing. If you want to have a strength and a weakness, you'd rather be strong up front and weak in the back end. Yeah, I agree. Like the that. Eagles are because that's, you know, that's just the way NFL is built. You know, everyone, everyone's play is lifted when the trenches are won first. Yep, and absolutely. so, you know, Philly's got great, great coaching, great leadership, great vision. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. Jalen Ramsey, that would make Philly's D look scary. Jalen Ramsey. And they just keep trapping these guys that are like projects. Like 
they drafted the left tackle this year, and he did do his not even playing. And then they're drafting like backup linemen. I understand they're trying to get him involved in the system, and they're making it a strength. But why not just trade if they're expected to compete for the Super Bowl? Trade that la- that first round pick, throw in a third round pick next year, and get the best cornerback in football who's in his prime. I don't know why some of these teams. And then you have teams like Pittsburgh who's trading a first round pick, and they might win four games this year. Yes, um, San Francisco. I know you're not buying them, but which receiver would you rank number one on that team for the rest of the year? Now, in our league, I picked up Debo Samuel, and he made me look like a genius last week. Didn't play him. Didn't think I was going to play, but I like Debo, man. He They drafted him. He was the first receiver taken in the draft this year. They drafted him in the second round. And in Kyle Shanahan's offense, they, the number one receiver and the running back usually have peak value. And I'm thinking by the end of the season – I want Debo Samuel just because he's explosive. He was the number one guy coming out. Well, he's arguably the number one receiver. If I were to buy one, which I'm still not, I'm not buying Dante Pettis. Marquise Goodwin's super fast, but I'm buying Debo just off his talent and how young he is. How about the top of the board? Are you paying for a stud receiver this week or are you letting it go? Receiver has been tough this year. If... If Houston can just keep Deshaun Watson upright, DeAndre Hopkins is going to get 12 catches a game for 150 yards, but they just can't keep him upright. Good match. Not a great matchup against... See, all these guys, all the top guys got tough matchups. Hopkins, tough matchup against um, the uh, Chargers. I almost said the LA Clippers. I'm getting in basketball mode. (laughs) Um, Devontae Adams has a tough matchup in Denver with Chris Harris. Cooper, I'm still not. Why is Amari Cooper the third highest ranked rated or price receiver? I don't know about That's, that. Well, Miami, I guess Miami is the reason. Yeah. And who's Miami's shutdown cornerback? They they had a kid that made the uh, Xavier Howard, who made the Pro Bowl last year, but I, I think is a little overrated, to be honest. Yeah, I'm still not buying him. Michael Thomas, Michael Thomas would be the guy if I was going to pay up, but I don't really know if I t- trust Teddy Bridgewater. Um, I guess if I'm going to pay up for one, it's going to be Julio because Indy is a very solid team, but they don't really have a lockdown cornerback. If I'm paying up, it's going to be Julio this week. And you know what? Antonio Brown looks pretty good too. Uh, as long as everything up. is on that front, is, is okay on that front uh, with the Brady, that theme, Antonio Brown looks pretty good to me. I'm loving Brown too this week. And I, saw, I drafted him in another league. It went from I had the craziest amount of emotions when wasn't going to play week one. Then he was going to play week one. And then they trade, they released him. I'm like, crap, who is he? I thought teams like San Francisco, New England picks him up. I think Antonio Brown could finish the season as the number one fantasy receiver. I know that sounds crazy, but he's so good. He can run every route. He's just – he's so good. I, I don't know how you Jets fans – that's going to be so frustrating. It's so frustrating because you think you're building up, you have Sam Darnold, and you got a future, and then they're like, oh, you know what? We'll just go get Antonio Brown. That's it. Well, I, I knew during the draft they're not build, they weren't building it the right way. They they didn't draft. They drafted three linemen uh, in the McCagnan era. So since 2014, Ooh. that's outrageous. Ooh. You're not building it the right way. If you have money, that means you didn't have money to spend on developing players to keep them. So you go out get Le'Veon. You go out get Mosley. It's window dressing. It, it helps, but it's not the infrastructure you need. And it's just. Antonio Brown, guess who he's facing this week? Le'Veon Bell, his former friend. 
Le'Veon Bell said in a locker room yesterday, I haven't talked to Antonio and I wouldn't go out of my way to talk to Antonio. Kind of slipped under the radar media wise. Maybe yeah, Antonio's a little that. maybe Antonio's a little uh sore about it and he wants to outduel his friend. He'll have more control than Le'Veon, that's for damn sure. So some other guys I'm kind of looking at in this wide receiver range is like Kenny Galladay, obviously against Philly, he's becoming a monster. Uh, Tyler Boyd, I'm not buying. Buffalo's got a pretty solid secondary out there. Tyler Lockett, I don't know. I don't know how New Orleans is going to play without Drew Brees. I don't know if they're going to show up this week. And if they do, Tyler Lockett's going to be a good play, though. Is New Orleans home? No, they're at Seattle, too, which yeah, see, I'd be, I'd be worried. I'd be worried about that, you know. On the road with Bridgewater, I'm not really on the Saints bandwagon this week. No, that's going to be tough. And then I loved Minnesota's play, their, uh, their pass catchers, but Kirk Cousins, man, what is up with him? They he's, did 10 he's passes not, the first week, and now it's just like he looks he, awful. I traded Thielen in July for an oh. extra draft pick, and I just I knew they were going to be a running football team, and they to- they said they were going to go to two tight ends, which means Thielen is out of the slot. Yep. And Thielen is great in the slot. So if you go to two tight ends, there's no more slot. Cousins is just not as good as people thought. He, he just isn't. I was against the Jets signing this guy, and I'm so glad he said no to the Jets. <laughs> Dalvin Cook, Madison, get those guys, obviously, because their line is improved with their first-round draft pick um, of the kid. I forget the center center's name, but O-line is improved. Um, ride that Vikings rushing game. Receiving, uh, stay away, I think, from Diggs, Thielen, and Cousins. Yeah, I agree 100% with that. I mean, receiver's been so – it's been tough this year. I mean, that's been my weakness. I've been nailing running backs this year, and I've been getting two out of the three receivers right. I mean, another receiver – you already mentioned him, Marquise Brown. We both mentioned him. Um, another – trying to find – I mean, Calvin Ridley, Atlanta's going to throw the ball. He's going to throw the ball a lot. And the big thing with Atlanta is their offensive coordinator now, um, Dirk Cutter. So – He's kind of seen people think he's like kind of this genius in offense. The running backs, though, and his systems have been awful. So since 2012, here is where the running backs finished in fantasy points. Fourth worst, worst, ninth worst, fifth worst, ninth worst. They've been finishing in the bottom six and the bottom nine every year in rushing attacks. And it's kind of it's helping the Atlanta pass catchers, but it's kind of hurting the offense overall. Because when you can't run the ball... When you need to win playoff games, it's going to come back and hurt you. But as of now, I would just load Ridley and Julio Jones up in your lineups. How about tight end? I mean, there's two guys that stand out immediately, uh, Jason Witten and Greg Olson. So I do actually like Greg Olson. Greg Olson is, again, when he's when, when he's been healthy, he's kind of Cam Newton's yeah, you know, go to you know security blanket. He had 20 fantasy points on a Thursday night game. It's great signs that they're trying to get him the ball. Arizona can't stop the tight end. And Jason Witten, he's just been four or three catches, 25 yards, touchdown. If you want to pay down and you want security, I wouldn't. I wouldn't hate it paying Witten and Olsen. They just don't have the upside that some of these other guys do. No, they don't, and especially with Cam out and Witten, it's it's tough to ask for a third straight week from a guy like Witten. Um, third straight straight week of production, but um, those are the two based on opponents. Those are the two guys that stand out to me. 
Yeah, um, so, yeah, you want to definitely target against Arizona's linebackers. Now, another one that kind of caught my eye was Evan Ingram, but I don't know with Daniel Jones in there. I don't know who he's going to target. I don't know who he's going to feel comfortable throwing the ball to. But Tampa Bay has had a hard time stopping tight ends. Yes. Um, would you – do you – are you a daily guy that pays for tight ends? Usually not. I've been on the Mark Andrews bandwagon since week one, and it's kind of paid off. He's been 3,000, 3,800. He got boosted up a little bit to 4,600. I tend not to, but if they're in the right situation, I will do a double tight end in my in my flex, which hasn't – I've done it once or twice, and it's kind of worked out, but that's kind of risky. I don't like paying up for tight ends. I really don't because it's just – you just don't know what to position. Unless Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz is going to be a target monster this week if Alshon and Deshaun miss this week. So if you're going to pay up for tight end this week, Zach Ertz is kind of cheap on DraftKings at 5,700. Comparing, I mean, he's had 16 targets last week. I mean, the guy's just a target monster. Yeah, FanDuel, Andrews surpassed Kittle. It goes Kelsey, Ertz, Andrews, Kittle. See, I'm not really shocked at that because, again, when I wrote my tight end article for Elite, I mentioned what Jimmy G does well is what – George Kittle does is probably what he's worse at. Like their strengths just don't match up, and it's showing so far that he's he has eleven catches, which isn't what you're paid for if you paid up for a premium tight end, and he has zero touchdowns. So I'm not George Kittle. If you have him, I would sell him if Jimmy G is a quarterback because he just doesn't throw the ball to the tight end, especially George Kittle, who's again their strengths just don't match up, and that doesn't mean well for fantasy. Yeah, can you imagine drafting Kittle in a th- in the third round? Of the of a uh, of a yearly draft, my what? God, that would that'd be rough. You know, if they listened to us, they would have never have done that. So, for those of you that listened, you're welcome. Yeah, I got it. I got Andrews in all three of my leagues now. Still. I'm a little worried because he's been tremendous, and now he's questionable. I think he's gonna play because he was limited today, so mm-hmm. he participated. I think he's gonna play all signs because I've been keeping an eye on him. All signs are saying he's gonna play. He was like this last week too. He. He practiced limited all the way till Friday. Then he practiced full, and he was good to go. Yeah, maybe he's one of those Brady guys, questionable on the injury report for his whole life, but plays. <laughs> yeah, and that's a great matchup, too. If he plays lock and load, I'm averaging 28 fantasy points a game. Again, obviously, that's going to go down. If you expect him to do that again, don't. He, he should get around 15 to 17 fantasy points again this week, which is still great at his price at DraftKings at 4600 Anything else catch your eye daily before we wrap this bad boy up? Um, well, like I wrote on my article last week on Elite Sports, I've been killing it with my picks for daily. Why were, I chose one defense last week. You know what defense that was? Who? The New England Patriots. And there's only really one reason why. It was because they were playing the Miami Dolphins. I don't think New England's defense is all that great, but I think Miami's that bad. When you're playing defenses in daily and even season long, don't worry about the defenses unless they're awful and you know which defense they are if you can choose a defense just play who they're going against again dallas is not a good defense but against miami i have no problem plugging them in this week yeah uh and then you got new england against the jets yep. too i think those I like are the that. two that stand out for sure defenses are tough to choose that's why most leagues that i play in i don't like doing defenses because they're so hard to predict and they're just not it doesn't. It's, it doesn't take much skill to choose defense. Like you can just it, choose a random one, and they'll go off, or they won't. You don't. You can't predict it. Analytics, it's proven. Defenses are by far the most random 
of any fantasy position. So if you're in a league and your commissioner is still running team defenses out there, tell him to stop and get a few IDPs in there. Or just not don't go with the defense at all. But defensive players deserve your love as well. So get those IDPs in there. I agree 100%. Absolutely. And again, the theme for daily this week is just play guys in great matchups. It's been working fantastic for me. Just ignore the names. Look at the production they're doing. Are they involved in the offense? Or do they have a good matchup? If they're involved and they have a good matchup, just plug and play them this week. That's what's going to win you money, not worrying about names. All right, Lawrence. Until next time, you people out there, I'll catch you later.